All right. This is episode six. Of JK Not Really. No, this is episode seven. Good thing we don't even know how many we've recorded. That for us. Wow. So this is seven. Episode seven. Love that. Absolutely. Lucky number seven. Isn't that what you do with like gambling? Isn't seven like a bad number too? That wouldn't make sense. Or is it six? Six. Oh, yeah. We're on six. Anyways, we're on seven. <laughs> seven. Not six. We are on episode seven of JK Not Really. That yes. is the important piece of this opening, fantastic, eloquently spoken opening to a podcast, <laughs> which has been anything but eloquent, but it's fine. Typical. So, it's uh, on this episode, I think it's going to be a fun topic. I think it's going to be a topic that will speak to a lot of people. Yes. So we're talking about anxiety. Ooh, just your face right now. Oh, because that it's big frown. Because it's like just an annoying, <sighs> inconvenient, unrealistic element of my life. The image I just got in my head is like a woodpecker like poking at you. Yes. That's all. That's what it feels like. What if that? So if you've never heard or felt anxiety, please explain it. Here's what it is. Mm. You go out for a fun night with your friends. Having a blast. Your... Alcoholic beverages are consumed, but you are having a great time. You are dancing. You are with your people. You're with people that you trust dearly. You might brown out. Blackout or brownout? Brownouts when like you kind of like go in and out of a blackout. Oh, new term I just learned. Yeah. And then there's like a full on blackout. Like you're So you're crossing the lines of a brown and a black. You're kind of dancing. Like I'm some parts, dancing completely sober. That's true. There are parts of the night that you remember very vividly, and then there are parts of the night where you're just like not so sure about. I think that's how I would phrase it. I like that. Like you remember it. You're not quite recollecting everything. All the said. pieces are not connecting fully. Right. And then you wake up the next morning and you feel this, it's in your sternum. This weight. Have you ever had like a heavy blanket? Like a weighted blanket, yes. That's what I feel like. That's for me, it's like in my sternum. Uh-huh. And you just tell yourself that you have ruined every relationship you've ever had. You have made a complete fool of yourself. You were mean to people. You were unsafe. You ended up in situations that you didn't have control over, which I want to preface is all a lie. Yes. None of that is real. It's like you make up this dream. Narrative. A narrative. Yes, that's a good word. A narrative. And it's the complete opposite of who you are. Right. But we believe it to a T. It sounds so real. You just had one. I did. I had one this morning. And I didn't even, I didn't even drink that much. No. Like, it was just a normal Friday after work. We were watching Below Deck Sailing. I was having some wine. It was nothing crazy. Very casual. And I was, like, messing around with Steven. And I was like, I kind of want to hug you. And he was like, that's not happening. Because Steven, oh. that's, and Steven, like. He was that. tired. He was tired. He just it's he also home at like, like 10 o'clock at night playing volleyball. It's like, also tough to come home and like your partner's best friend is living with you. Like I am not like. I don't think we're tough though. He said that multiple times. He said it's so easy. He loves it. He does. I'm speaking for you, Stephen. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, Andrew loved it too. It's fine. Um, 
But anyway, but I was like messing with them. I wanted to like hug him. I wanted to mess with them a little but bit. But I think he was messing with you too. He was because he was like running away from you, saying, "I don't want this." Yeah, like, and I forcibly did what I do with my students, where I gave him a hand hug, which is like for a significant amount of time. No other hand, because your thumbs wrap around. <laughs> so that's what I mean too, and it's like literally all out of like fun. And I woke up this morning, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Crap!" Like I pushed even too far. I made him uncomfortable. He's not gonna let. Casey be friends with me anymore but that's also a trigger response I was gonna say I think we should talk about that a little bit yes that is a trigger trauma response from what you had in your last relationship that I was a part of mm-hmm. where if and we've talked about it I think we talked about it in episode five like I had to walk on eggshells and I had to be super super careful as to what I brought up and what jokes I made and what opinions I voiced because if you agreed with me, it would turn into an argument later. And then that would result in him pushing you away from me. Complete isolation. Right. So that was like in my brain this morning. I was like, oh man, like I got to fix this. Like, this. Mm-hmm. And then I went to you and you were like, no. Like literally nothing. Like none of that happened. No, you just wanted a hug. And he was messing with you. And just like said, you were messing with him. And he said no. Right. But also for me, I'm really happy that you stated that was like a trigger for you because I was able to say, I will never let that happen again in my relationships, which was badass. I will never let my significant other pull me away from my friends ever Mm -hmm. because that needs to be a decision from me because my relationship with my friends is different than my significant other watching me in my relationships with my friends. So true. So true. But that was real anxiety for you. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's just scratching the surface. I mean, there have been nights where you and I have gone downtown and we have been attached at the hip. You haven't left me for more than like five minutes, if that. And I've woken up the next morning and I've been like, oh my gosh, like I must have said something mean to somebody because I do get an attitude. I do. Yeah. But I think we should also talk about too. So I finally had anxiety the first time and that was the crazy thing you you never experienced it so every time i went to you after these nights and you're like dude i was with you the whole time like what are you even talking about like like this is like not even a thing uh-huh. i don't like you're just in your own head and you're like doubting yourself because none of this is real but i finally had it and i realized it and i think it plays on our fears and past traumas and for me, it was... Can we talk about what stemmed it? Which is hysterical. For me? Yeah. What stemmed it? The other night when I put myself to bed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we had a couple of glasses of wine. And then all of a sudden, you just, like, slammed your drink down. You said, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> and then in my head, I'm, like, washing my face. And I'm just like, what did I say? What did I do to make you just say, I'm going to go to bed? And I'm like, we just got in a huge fight. I'm like, what did I do? And then I went to bed and I had a dream about us fighting. And then I had a dream about Steven and I fighting. And then I woke up and he wasn't there because he woke up early to go skiing. And I was like, he's leaving me. My best friend hates me. And <laughs> my partner that I love dearly is leaving me. It's such a spiral. But that also is connected to past trauma. For sure. I know mine is. Absolutely. And then I go up to you and I'm like, I have to be confrontational. Well, because I woke up that morning and I was like, so what time are we going shopping? And like, I was like shaking because I hate being confrontational, <laughs> even though we just talked about confrontation is a good thing. I'm just like, did we get in a fight? 
you asked me, you go, so I wanted to ask you, like, is everything okay with you? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, did we get in a fight? And I was like, not that I'm aware of. And you're like, okay, because you put your phone down and you said you need to go to bed. I go, yeah, Case, I felt myself getting drunk and I knew we had a big day the next day. I didn't want to be hungover, so I put myself to bed. I was like, that's a moment of celebration for me. <laughs> it's like, absolutely. But it's crazy because I just like, in immediately head, went there. I'm like, I did something wrong. I'm always blaming myself. Which and is that's what, what I do. do. And that stems from when I was a freshman in college and I got roofied. Yeah. Like, Something bad's going to happen to you. 1,000%. Like, I pride myself on being very much, like, aware of my surroundings. Like, my my dad raised me to be very street smart. And that was something I always, like, championed myself on. So when I got roofied freshman year of college, that was the biggest sucker punch I could ever get. Because I was like, how could this happen to me? Like, I'm always aware of my surroundings. I'm always looking at all the little nitty gritty details and when I, and it's and if you look at it on a paper it's the perfect textbook story it's a freshman she's at a frat party there was this one guy that was being super sociable super nice was surrounded by people was getting her drinks all night and nothing happened and offered to get her one last drink before the end of the night and that's when it happened so i think every time i drink and i am in a public setting because it doesn't happen if i'm in my home or my friend's home or oh no it only happens it only happens if i'm out it only yeah. happens if i'm out around strangers around an environment in which i don't have total control and i think this is important to touch on is that when you go out with your girlfriends just make sure that you're attached at the hip we always are oh absolutely especially after like and and this is no fault to my friends that i went out with that night we were 18 out of college we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into but it it did resonate with like since that night i'm a hawk when it comes to my friends and you're that way too we both are yeah we are always aware of where we are Mm -hmm. and where the other one is and how we're feeling and when to call the uber and all of the above so rationally we can talk about it in a logical sense that we know that we're self-aware, we know who we're with, but when we wake up the next it does morning, not feel that we way. have this like fun narrative that we did everything wrong. And it goes off of that you got roofied and then it goes off to that I said something wrong that's going to trigger people to leave me. Ooh. Because that's how I was used to in my past relationship. Whenever I did something quote unquote wrong, he would leave for days and I want to hear from him. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew, I knew in times of conflict, I knew he, I knew he held things against you. I knew there was like some spite. I did not know he left, he left. physically. He physically left. And it was always the excuse of my phone died. I was in my friend's basement or like I was, traveling somewhere so i couldn't get to he you. was allowed mm-hmm. to do all of that but if your phone died if you did this if, if you did i it, left anywhere shame on me again i need to learn my lesson i shouldn't say this thing and i need to be at home learn my lesson that's crazy i just realized that was that the verbiage yeah you need to learn your lesson how do you feel yeah. with hearing that now i don't like it 
And that's, and that's like, I'm trying to, because every time I've come to you and I've had this like anxiety and like a lot of people, a lot of people get it. Like, I think you just don't know like the term for it, but like that feeling of like heavy, unwarranted regret is anxiety. Yeah. And it really helps. I mean, I told you, I would screenshot Mm -hmm. the text message of you saying I was with you the entire time. You're safe. You're safe. Nothing happened. And also, I think, too, what we need to tell ourselves, if something did happen, we would know. I said that to you. I said, Casey, if we were fighting, don't you think you would for sure know and not wonder? But also, for me, is to conceptualize, wait, I'm in very, very healthy relationships. I would Mm. know if something was happening. Right. And for you, it would be like, I hate to say this, but if something did happen, we would be at the hospital. We will be taking care it wouldn't of even ASAP. be a thing it wouldn't right. even be a thing because i'll be with you 24 7. right and you need to check your facts your facts are what's going to save you right such as texting your friends saying like hey can you just give me a rundown of what happened last night sure you were here you were with me nothing happened and that's i can wholeheartedly say has been the result for me every single time oh, and yeah. i've gotten better with it a little bit but it's still there it is like and it's just something that like I'm battling with where it's like, I can't let that one experience of me being taken advantage of win. No, you can't. Cause then I'm never going to go out. And I love going out sometimes. I know it's fun. It is like you and I are very similar. We're like, if we had the choice most weekends, we would choose like a bottle of wine and reality TV in the house. Or put it on some YouTube and just, talking and 100%. dancing and just doing we only go out when it's like birthdays or celebrations or it's planned right or if it's like you know what we need a girl's day but we plan it like a month in advance yeah but i need to like realize that i'm not an 18 year old freshman in college mm-hmm. like i i'm a great person to go out with like i you are i will probably be a little sassy it is what it is. Okay, so then why don't you remind yourself, you know that you're sassy. So if someone is crossing your boundaries, you're quick. I am. There you go. You're right. And then also, if we were fighting, I would tell you. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I could Because normally it's always me. I know. I woke up the next morning and I was like, I can't wait for today. This is great. And you were like, so. But I really think it was. Like, even though, like, Steven said goodbye to me, I knew that he was going skiing. I was fell back asleep. I had a dream, this narrative that I put in my head and I woke up and he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what did I do? To and I've been there. And what did I do to Jack? Right. That immediate self blame. And I think I'm talking for you. So please correct me if I'm wrong. I also think because of the deployment with you waking up oh. like in your bed, I'm in the guest room. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was just, it's, I think it was just like, because there there was that one, it was for, what was it? Was it your birthday? Which one? I was going to say. You always have anxiety. I always have anxiety, yeah. There's never a time where we go out and I don't. So, check the facts. Yeah. I, I literally will, you, and you're so straight up with me too. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm not entertaining this. Like this little pity party you're throwing. Like you've never said like this little pity party you're throwing for yourself, but you've always cut the chase. You're like, no, 
we were together the entire time. This is not happening. Like, this is not a narrative that I'm letting you run with. And that's kind of how I was to you. I loved you. And I was like, don't you think I would, first of all, do you think I would like text you right away and be like, what time are we leaving to go shopping if we were fighting? Sure. But it took you a second. But I was almost, and I hate saying this, I was almost glad that you felt anxiety because I'm like, now she knows what I go through sometimes. So how can we... uh... I don't want to say cope, but what skills can we put together before we go to bed to reassure ourselves so we can lessen the anxiety when we wake up? In my mind, it's almost like after, like, let's do our makeup wipes together. Let's like okay. de-dress, like get into our PJs, get comfy. Let's grab our glass of water and take our liquid IV or ibuprofen together. Because I think that's what, it is. I think it's that like alone time. That's what it gets to you. That gets to you. I think that like if you wake up and your most recent encounter was with that person, taking off your makeup, putting your hair up, getting a glass of water together, and then going to bed, it was a very positive encounter as opposed to like, I'm going to bed. We both slam our doors because we're so like out of it yeah. and we pass out. So what do you do if you're alone then? Call someone. Call someone or also do the self-care routines such as wash your face, brush your teeth, put on a song that just makes you feel happy. I agree with you. Or even a movie that makes you feel happy and then put that movie on your phone and then go to bed and just have it play in the background. Yeah. Ooh, there's also a lot of uh, Spotify um playlists for sleep meditation and guided meditation. See, you're very sleep. big on this and I need to get better with meditation. There's even like stories that they go my through. Room. It helps so much. Okay. So I think that might be a good one by yourself. Yeah. But let's kind of switch gears a little bit. And this is the first So can time. we talk about what we're doing? So this is the first time that we're just going to ask some random questions. Yeah. You don't know what I wrote. I don't know what you wrote, and we're getting it in a jar. Who goes first? Rocks, paper, scissors, shoot. Let's just do it once. Okay. Rocks, paper, scissors, shoot. F off. God. <laughs> was Andrew your type at first? I knew it was going to be the first one. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Let me rephrase. Physically, I always thought that man was attractive. You. I mean, I've always had hard eyes. Oh, for him. always from the always beginning. physically. Mm. But past relationships, does it line up with no. who you're with now? No. He was everything I thought I did not want. Pretty interesting. Everything. Like political views, religious views, hobbies, major in college was political science and communications. And he was also a philosophy major for a point of time. I was like... So essentially, like, he wasn't... I don't want to say type, but from... 
Comparing past no, I mean, the man wore, he wears like a bare arms belt buckle. I was raised to believe that guns equate to violence. And this is a man that started shooting as under like 12 years old. Like he literally like in, in my conditioned upbringing, he was everything I was like groomed to not love. But I feel like that's so me. Because if you is. tell me no, I'm going to do it 10 times more. And look how beautiful. Oh, he's. I'm like, I'll go to the shooting range with you. Honestly, <laughs> I'm um, like, you are so attractive with a gun. Like, <laughs> okay, let's get more. No, <laughs> but also <laughs> like, it is beautiful that like him and I went. If you talk politics, if you talk on paper, you guys are complete opposites. We would never be matched. But I think. Being completely honest with you, I think you guys are one of the most strongest couples that I know. And I really look up to you guys. Thanks. I, it's work. It is work marrying and loving someone unconditionally, despite the fact that you have completely different views on things. And I, we could both honestly say that being married to each other, we were both very radical in the beginning. Like I was very radical liberal and he was very radical conservative. Mm -hmm. And now we could probably say we're more moderate because we just understand that perspective more. I think that's great. Oh yeah. And he's also still super attractive. So that helps. <laughs> I think that was a great question to start off. Thanks Case. Hey, right. Shout out to my hot husband. <laughs> Ooh, I was going to ask you this one too. But you didn't? I didn't. Okay. Changed it. What are my love language? So Languages. I want you to say what you give, but then what you like to receive. Okay. Um, what I like to receive is quality time. It's kind of the same though, because I like to give quality time too. You can give and I one of mine matches up. Mm -hmm. You can give and receive and the same. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's gifts, acts yeah, of I'm service, quality time, physical touch, and words of affirmation. I do like physical touch too. To receive, to receive and give. I feel like. I'm straightforward on giving and so receiving. So you give in physical touch, but you also want to receive in physical touch. Yeah, but I also feel as if I like to give acts of service. Okay. I feel like I'm just not one of them, two of them, or three of them. I feel like I rotate depending on my needs during that day. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But giving is definitely quality time and acts of service. The way you give love. But you like to receive in which too. But here I am, like, questioning myself, too, because I adapt to people. and I, Pisces are chameleons. And They're I, both chameleons. Yeah, and I acknowledge what they need in that moment, and I can easily switch it up. Yeah, me too. And I think that's kind of like my love language, because that's what I like to do. I like to sense their needs and give it to them in that moment, and that serves me. So you created a new one. So your love is, is <laughs> adaption. There we go. Like at like adapting. I guess so. That's the way you give. I like that. Oh. I feel like you can relate on that. Yeah.
I am a chameleon. Yeah, you are. Literally. Ooh, meet anyone alive or dead, who and why. Mm. That is a... Mm. I know. Meet anyone alive or dead, who and why. You're just going to pick your Yeah, that's going to mess with me. Or just like top of your head, like who do you think of? Or visualize yourself like just having Eleanor Roosevelt. There we go. See? Eleanor Roosevelt, because due to her husband who was the president, like she ran that stuff. Like there's a reason why that is the only first lady in the DC monuments that has her own monument. I didn't know that. Yep. She's the only first lady. All right. And only woman. Boss. I need to know what's happening in the White House. Who said what? What are we doing about it? What really happened in this? I need to know. I, I know. Some, I have questions. You like that stuff. If it wasn't her, it was, you know it was going to be Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. What did yeah, you know? What did you know? What do you love most about yourself? <laughs> do you see how I just like flip, flip the, the paper to the side because you don't want to answer it? No, true. I don't. Okay. Well, that's not the game. <laughs> uh my strength elaborate mm. <laughs> um strength in what my whew, my ability to look at myself in the mirror and acknowledge my weaknesses while acknowledging my strengths and how to pull out of my weaknesses to make myself a stronger, more well-rounded individual. I love that. And how to really rely on myself. Because I know I have family, I know I have friends, but at the end of the day, it's me. And how to be comfortable with that confrontation with myself in the mirror. That's a big one. Favorite self care activity, girl. You already know reading. Oh, yeah. Like, I will go to bed, quote unquote, at eight, seven thirty, eight thirty, and read until eleven thirty or midnight. Which I think is amazing. Just hours. Like, if I could immerse myself in a story, also, shout out, A Court of Thorns and Roses. A Court of Thorns and Roses. If you haven't read that series, you're missing out. Because I am in love with a fictional character. It's fine. So how do you feel waking up the next day after reading? Incredible. Because I'm also putting my phone away. I don't touch my phone. I put yeah. it on the syrup. I don't look at it. I go right to bed after I close that page. Like, I set my work alarm before I even start reading. That's good. Just dive and, in. and that like reading before bed, just like my anxiety is gone. You know, I've gotten the most REM sleep since I've gotten back into reading before bed. I tell you every day. Yeah. I'm like, that was crazy. You have. I'm happy you do that for yourself. Thank you. Have you ever been arrested? That's funny. I think I'm funny. Have you, Casey, ever been arrested? That's hilarious. I think you're asking this question because you want me to say yes. 
Which is true. I was going to say, <laughs> which is the truth. Um, I would love if you could just share. Like, do you have a mugshot? When we're, that is, I can't believe. I want to frame it. Like, you know, Chris Kardashian has Chloe's framed on her desk. I want to frame your mugshot on my desk at work. Oh, poor baby case with like mascara running down. Tragic. So, long story short, I got arrested at a Beyonce concert by a bike cop. That's the best part. Not a motorcycle, a bike. A bike, yes. Which those exist. And I didn't know that until you got arrested. Also, let me just add a little sprinkle to this story. Um, the police officer ran out of handcuffs that day. So your girl got zip tied. <laughs> uh-huh. It was a night. But also, emphasis on the story. Really, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I got there to pregame a little bit before the show. We literally just set up. And I was standing up for my sister in that moment. And I was taking responsibility for everything. And he basically just hit me hard. Yeah, you just took the fall for everything. I took the fall for everyone. And, like, to be honest, back in that time, I was a little crazy. I wouldn't say crazy. I would say reckless. Fully admit that. I was. I truly was. And it could have been 10 times worse. But the fact that we literally just set up for chairs. And that's when it happens. That's what pisses me off. Yeah, I know. You didn't even have a shot to be reckless. No, I didn't (laughs) even take a shot. I know. You were sober. I was sober. Probably why I took the blame for everything. (laughs) Honestly. The zip ties are what killed me. And then I asked the officer if I can change my outfit. Because I had like a little crop top on and like booty shorts and heels because it was Beyonce. And he goes, Miss, this isn't a fashion show. And that's when I knew I was in a different world or I was about to enter a different world. <laughs> I didn't care about your outfit. So, yes, I have a mugshot. I have been arrested, yeah. Okay, you're My turn. Last one. That's so funny. Oh, what's your biggest fear? Oh, ending on a bang. What is my biggest fear? Mm. I'm torn between two. Um, probably overall biggest fear, I think coming from a divorced family is divorce. You never want to do that. Okay. Like I I went from someone that said I will never get married strictly because that eliminated the fear of divorce. To someone that I was like, and look at you, five years in. Yeah, to someone that got engaged and married before I was twenty-five. I was engaged at twenty-three years old. Mm-hmm. We only been dating a year. Like that, and you know, you know. Oh, and that was it. Like there was no denying that. Like I was going to spend the rest of my life with you. Aww. But there's still, oh, there's still like, I think that era. No matter there. what. That cannot happen because in my brain, that is the ultimate sign of failure, which isn't the case for everyone. Sometimes divorce is warranted. Sometimes divorce is like the best thing for you as a person. It's extremely healthy. Right. But based off of my experience, okay, that is the ultimate failure in my brain. So that is a big fear. What's your other Huge. one? Uh, the ocean. <laughs> okay. It's vast. It is strong. It is... You don't like the ocean. No, I don't. And I love the shore. 
You do. I love a beach day. I'll go into my ankles, no problem. But I am aware I don't have gills. All right, humans are not meant to be you in really the ocean. You don't have gills? What? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> humans are not. That is your territory. You don't see sharks okay. trying to get into our territory. You're not. I'm not meant. Humans are not meant to be in the ocean. And you're not men. Have a divorce. Thank you. All right. How about that? Mm-hmm. No sharks or divorce. Who is your biggest female celebrity crush? Beyonce, I got arrested for you. <laughs> That's your number one. That makes sense. I love What her. is it about her? I mean, I think she's stunning. Don't get me wrong. Such a feminist. She's so mm. empowering. She is just. She's an icon. Her. And the music that she produces. I mean, we were talking about her in the car. Like, we were. Her van is all females. Mm. All right. There is something to be said about that. That was funny. That was. So with that, I know we're getting a little deep into this episode. but We're I, getting a little lengthy, but we don't do it often. True, but I do want to end with Sunday Scaries. We're going to switch it up a little bit. The worst. The worst? Until we started, I think it ties in, until we started vocalizing it. What's worse, anxiety or Sunday scaries? Ooh, that's a great question. They normally happen on the same day, which is kind of yeah. tripping me up. Um, I think overall, probably Sunday scaries, because anxiety is temporary and it doesn't happen often. Sunday scaries can be very consistent. It's every Sunday. Yeah, that's what I mean. I know. Yeah, so we do talk about Sunday scaries, but I think the main takeaway that we both had is how can we still fulfill ourselves throughout the weekday? Mm-hmm. That we're just not looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, we're not fun. living for the weekend. No, not at all. And how can we like look forward to a Monday? Is that reading before bed on Sunday? that that self-care routine that we need to do right and almost like taking back Sundays and I think it plays a lot into like we're extremely fortunate to have careers that we're passionate about mm-hmm. extremely fortunate yeah that's not the case for everyone so if that's not the case for you how can you be passionate about something else that's serving you right like if you if your job is strictly for monetary value I could see it being very, very difficult to enjoy a Sunday. I hear that. So what can you do? So instead of like living for Saturday or Sunday, how can you live for that Tuesday? Is that going to yoga after work? Is that meeting a friend for coffee? Is that going to your favorite coffee shop before work just to lift it up a little bit? Or doing like a paint and twist class. Or mm-hmm. even, like you said, even like reading, starting a new book, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. journaling. You love, you're big on journaling. I am. I highly recommend it. Is it planning? I know this has worked for me in the past. Is it planning a FaceTime? Because remember like in COVID where Zooms were like such a thing? Yeah. And that was like our way to like stay connected. That was like the highlight of our week during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And how much joy that brought. And across states, across countries, across whatever. Continue that again. Why does it take a pandemic to FaceTime? 
Like you could easily create time for that during the week and look forward to let's both make dinner and let's have a FaceTime together. Yeah. So my friend Alyssa and I, it's so hard to connect because like she has kids, same with my best friend Megan. And we decided that we're just going to do it the first week of every month and we just have to set it. Right. And if you set that as the standard, then it becomes second nature. Yeah. Also, it just like clicked to me a little bit. Your Sundays should be like empowering for you to be like, what can I do that's going to excite me tomorrow? Like your intentions for the week. Yeah, like a Sunday should be like a positive recharge instead of a negative. But we just learned about how self-care has been monetized and twisted into something that it really isn't. Because we did go and get a tarot card reading today, which was incredible. And we'll go into that in another episode because that deserves an episode within itself. But one of the aspects that you and I both walked away from was self-care is not just a bubble bath. A bubble bath is nothing without intentions intentions and speaking those intentions and calling on goddesses and like speaking about what you want from this week and what you want from this day and what you want from this night absolutely or if it's like going for a run to say like i'm gonna crush this run this run's going to be good for me i'm gonna feel fulfilled i'm happy with this and it can be as simple as when i'm having like a really difficult day at work especially when things are out of my control. Well, what's within my control? What's within my control is to make a really great dinner for myself tonight and to do a face mask for myself and to read three great chapters of a book that I love. Mm -hmm. Or is it getting off your scheduled routine? And is it sitting with your partner, with your best friends? And like what we just did with jars and questions you do activities that you want to do. Right. You do restaurants you want to try. You do dinners you want to try to cook and you just pick from that jar if you're feeling low that week. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't create an event within your home. Your Sunday should be creating that event. You should be doing that on a Sunday to be like, what can I do this week then? What recipe can I try? Like yeah. it's it's those types of simple, simple tasks. That could make a huge difference. But I do think the Sunday scaries are real. And like we just talked about in the last episode, the more we confront it, the smaller the monster it gets and the more control we can have over it. Right. I think social media plays a big part in convincing ourselves that we have to have the Sunday scaries. Not at all. You really don't. You could take back your Sunday and it's still a day off. Let's take back our Sundays. Cheers. All right. And on that note, we will see you on what is episode eight, which is wild. And as per usual, especially for this one, this has been our longest episode to date. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened the entire time or if you split it up amongst your day, whatever you've done, we're just thankful that you're even listening. We appreciate you guys so much. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye.